Now's the time to tell tales of the unaccountable. Zambi, what do you fear? What do you fear? Consider you find someone mummified. I already like this story. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We just need you to hunt the giant owl. He just looks too suave to be Dracula. <laughs> too suave to be Dracula. Remember, you are bringing her back to life, so there is that. You got that to pony up on. Be afraid. Be marginally afraid. Welcome to Pulp Nightmare. I'm Mike. I'm MB. And happy 4th of July, MB. Happy 4th of July, Mike. It's a, it's America Day. Actually, you'll probably be able to hear fireworks uh, out. Yeah, same same's actually happening outside my uh, establishment of living. <laughs> I don't know why I called it that. It's just, I just imagine you living in an automat. <laughs> Which is the dream. Just like, food just comes from behind the walls. I, it's, I don't have to do anything. I just sit in the chair all day. I just have to dream. I just dream, dream, dream of Midian. Anyway, listen to box office pulp for for Nightbreed. <laughs> Speaking of dreams, that was actually an unintentional segue. Ooh, I, I, we're not here to discuss America. I outdid myself. You did. Also, uh, I feel like we've already talked enough about America in our long preamble from a couple episodes ago about the founding of America and. Our version of it. Oh, yeah. Also, I mean, I can never top my first uh, episode discussing my experiences on 4th of July. Oh, my God. That, for me, is... I met Fidel Castro. Yes. Have you ever ran into him again, or have you ever hoped to? No, I think I've heard him referenced once or twice. Hmm. Like, just in casual conversation, like, Fidel Castro did this, and... Essentially. Like, he's out there. He's out there fighting the good fight from Native Americans. For all of us. But we're not here to talk about Fidel Castro, the dictator or the man who lives, I think, in a hut somewhere in the woods. He also lives in an automat. If only. So speaking of dreams. Yes. The segue was, did you... Well, the thing you and I have been discussing the last couple of days is the an event that recently happened in the news. Yes. It, it's... MB, a robot has taken a life. We live in troubling times. I say that with complete emphasis on the fact that it could all end tomorrow. A a man, a young man, like how we're making light of somebody that actually died. I don't care. A man. I mean, it's important. Someone did die at the hands of a robot. That's not a joke. Like, nothing's made up about this. It literally happened. A robot killed a man. A young man was installing a robot in a Volkswagen uh, manufacturing plant. The robot fucking grabbed him, pressed him against a plate, and crushed his chest in. That happened. A robot arm grabbed a man and crushed him to death. I mean, when you think about it, it's like we've been building up to this for years. All of the movies have told us this. All the cartoons have told us this. We've been prepared. We just didn't take into account that the day would come, and here we are. We, we didn't listen. We, we didn't listen to anyone warning us. We didn't listen to the Will, famous Will Smith movie, I, Robot. I mean, that robot murdered a dude. We all know it. I know he proclaimed innocence, but I'm not entirely convinced. I mean, can you really trust a machine? And 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 just it just so happens that this robot decides to kill the week that Terminator Genesis <laughs> is released in theaters. That can't be coincidental. It I was actually convinced it. it was some kind of weird viral marketing for a little while. Yeah, everyone everyone kind of thought that like it it kind of worked, I think, because I'm sure that movie got more watches than it deserved because of it. Hey, that that guy died to help Arnold Schwarzenegger revitalize his movie career. If I could go out that way, I would, but I don't have the balls to go through to, with it. To be fair, though, Mike, wouldn't you want to die at a robot's hands regardless? Just to be able to say you were killed by a robot. Like only a couple. When you when you think about it, like only a couple of amazing fictional characters can say that. Kyle Reese was killed by a robot. He was. Like, um, 
I'm trying to think of other people who have been killed by robots. This is really not a good analogy. I should have thought this out more, but we are living in the time of Skynet. I only say that half jokingly. <laughs> because, I mean, technology has gotten so advanced that it's like, essentially, we are building machines that can think on their own all the time. I mean, we have unmanned drones. We have all that. Like, I'm not trying to make it a political thing, but it's like, it, it exists. It does. It's a, it's a scary kind of presence because it's like, we're mimicking sci-fi, and it's it's doing this. Well, did you did you see the news that came out? This was like maybe a couple of weeks beforehand, maybe only a week. I don't remember that uh, Google's uh, AI network they were able to make it think and dream. Did you did you read up on this? No, I they, didn't. They, they essentially That's... like all, every every article pretty much used the same analogy because this is what they released. Which essentially they would show it millions of images of forks, so it understood what a fork was. You know, this is what a you know this is. The components that make up a fork, this is every edge. And then you go, okay, show us a fork. And it would create an image interpolating what a fork looks like. Yeah. And they begin to do it with other – now, a couple things. Like the the dumbbell one is kind of terrifying because it was going off images of dumbbells it found online, which usually have an arm gr- gripping the dumbbell. So it's image of a dumbbell has like this creepy, wormy arm hanging off of it. It's kind of disturbing. But the most fascinating thing was them taking white noise and then having the network, having this AI system produce images from the white noise. Oh, my God. It's not Michael Keaton film. Essentially. But they essentially had an AI dream. It used its mind to break through white noise and create images just is, based on nothing in particular. That is horrifying. Why would you do that? I'm going to I'm going to show you an image. This is kind of amazing. I want anybody listening to this to look this stuff up cuz it's fascinating. Oh, it sounds fascinating, but it's also just terrifying cuz like why would you why why how? If you look at that, that was a blank canvas of white noise and essentially created this uh maybe like Japanese landscape. Call it. Actually, that's that's amazing. And uh, here's the here's the other one. Also, why do I feel like that's in er, like a late '80s Wolverine comic? <laughs> it looks like one of those uh, those fractal paintings. You have to stare at it long enough till an image appears. It looks like a German expressionistic thing. It does. Oh, that really does. Actually, this that looks like a Geiger painting, doesn't it? Yeah, it looks like someone took a still image of a '50s jukebox and made like this amazing thing with it. It looks like what Willy Wonka's dick would be like, right? I mean, I, I didn't... Um, inside... Anyway. So... <laughs> I've, I've never thought of Willy Wonka as an alien or anything like that, but... I mean, isn't that always the theory that Willy Wonka is more than human? He does produce an insane amount of chocolate to be a man. A mere mortal man. Then, there's no... A, but a, Willy normal, a normal human being cannot produce that amount of whimsy... To a minute per minute basis. Eventually, you will run it. You will tire from pure, unadulterated whimsy. That guy just keeps fucking going. Also, you can't be that way and have that freaky tunnel and not and not just lose your mind. Like even if he was human at some point, he ceased to be human. And then there's the Oompa Loompas, and then there's he. You know, he has some kind of weird, insidious plan going on. He knew every single one of those kids was going to die too, and he went through with this plan anyway. He has the Loompas are genetic experimentation. I guarantee you, someone at some point discovered Wonka was experimenting with the Oompa, like with with short people, with little people, and giving their DNA to like a gobstopper or something. And it produces horrifying orange and green thing with that that can only sing and dance and communicate through singing and dancing. And are, are you saying the Oompa Loompa is the first human candy hybrid? Yes, exactly. My God, it's like the island of Doctor Moreau. Well, I mean, think about it. That is the Wonka factory. It's like it's just a hive mind of weird creatures and. Candy that is too big to exist or too small to exist or, like, impossible things that should not feasibly happen. 
but with candy. Charlie washes up on the shore of Candy Island. <laughs> Val Kilmer is there. Willy Wonka is running his terrible experiments. Look at Val Kilmer. Um, he like leads him to like a candy farm where they have like children feeding on candy, just like sampling the candy. He takes one of the children, snaps his neck. <laughs> like, it's like Jesus. The Oompa Loompas are just like, Father! <laughs> At some point, Val Kilmer turns around, he has the top hat on. <laughs> like, he's in the midst of that that song about imagination, and all of a sudden he just starts screaming. I want to go to nerd's heaven. Oompa Loompa blows his brains out. Feruza Balk is there, she's half uh, uh, Laffy Taffy. Yeah, she would be. Anyway, Willy Wonka aside, that was a that's weird... a horrifying movie. Now that I think about it, that, that, Willy, yeah, the island of Wonka, the island of Willy Wonka, uh, and it's and it's all shaped like a candy bar. Yes. Oh God, just pillars of pollution a... floating up into the sky. Oh, that is not a golden ticket I want to accept. Anyway, so. Uh, that weird, horrifying trip down the psychedelic tunnel within Char- uh, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory aside. Oh, God, and he has, like, and he's, like, fusing Charlie to... Anyway. No, he wants to put his brain okay. inside Charlie so he can live on forever creating chocolate. That's, he, wants that's... Be, he wants to be the superior uh, Charlie. Oh, oh, God, he's... Okay, I just realized, there's a scene in the movie where a child... Is made into a like a grape type thing. That was a that. You're that right. Points, that points to the Oompa Loompa thing. Genetic experimentation. Wow, we are breaking Willy Wonka wide open here. He is. I mean, okay, we are, okay. Everyone already knew he was a monster. That's not really. I mean, he get, he did kill children. It's not like he didn't. That, yeah, we're man. definitely not breaking new ground here. I, yeah. He's he's and he's not a tragic figure like in the Tim Burton film. He is a horrifying. Monster, though I, I arguably the Johnny Depp version was also, uh, you know, insane. Well, Johnny Depp's was more like he's how. Okay, think of the Joker. You have like Caesar Romero's Joker. Yeah, he is insane and he does all this stuff, but at the end of the day, he's more of like a harmless clown. That's more Depp's version of Willy Wonka. The original Willy Wonka is the comic book joke. He will murder you and laugh over your corpse. Oh, yeah, he'll skin you and then uh, buffer it out and turn it into Laffy Taffy. Yes, and that's how Laffy Taffy is actually made. Yeah, it is actually just the skin of orphans. Yes. Little fun fact there for you. That's why it's so good. Yes. I mean, does anybody stop to think of what nerds are made of? No, you just eat the nerds. I've had this discussion with someone before. What are nerds made out of? They're delicious, but what the fuck are they? I don't know. That's what that's what terrifies me about this scenario. It's like we really don't. They're they're nuggets of sour. That's what they are. They're nuggets of sour flavoring. But I don't know what the substance is. Tears in the rain. Fear, pain. Like he just has a farm of torture to get pure sorrow. From he, boils, he boils down the essence into a singular little pellet that he then covers up with flavoring and, you know, coloring and all that type of stuff. And then markets it out to a mass consumer. But Willy Wonka is a scientific genius and an abomination against everything holy. He really is. I, I hope no one here listening to this supports Willy Wonka or his products. No, no, absolutely. I mean – God, I everything he's done, and not only that, that he's homophobic. I mean, he's openly homophobic. There's proof of this. Yes, and I really he, hope he, now he, that he's he, announced he, his pre- his run for presidency that he is not uh, not nominated and gets the chair. Here's the thing, though: can you really run for president if you're staying like if you're in a factory all day? Well, that's why America's going to become a very different place when President Walker's in the White House. It's not a White House anymore. It's a chocolate factory, and we are all of his workers working to make chocolate day in and day goddamn night to ship off to Europe. 
<laughs> I don't know why, but your inflection of Europe. <laughs> I don't mean to get the political here on Pulp Nightmare, talking about the evils of Willy Wonka. Okay, one last thing about Willy Wonka. Yo. In the scenario where he is President Wonka, who would be his vice president? Um, like, would it be Captain Crunch, or would it be, like, someone... No, I mean, it's very clear it'd be the Burger King King. Oh, Jesus. I mean, his silent partner always beside him, always Conspire, staring out. Conspire, you see his plans for America in his eyes, his soulless, lifeless eyes. You just see chaos and bur- everything is burning and everything is flame broiled even, I will give you. That just makes it sound tasty. I mean, I will accept any form of evil as long as it tastes good. Here's the thing, though, Mike. What it's really made out of is that pink paste. Well, that's just not delicious at all. No, it's not. That's why you shouldn't support the campaign. Well, I mean, but he did will, promise I white will... chocolate bars to everyone who voted for him, so I, I had no other choice. I don't really like normal chocolate, but white to chocolate be... is just delicious. Oh, white chocolate is the best thing ever. I prefer it over regular chocolate, in fact. But <laughs> I will say that if you got free chicken fries, it was worth it. Chicken fries are pretty brilliant. Yeah. I love chicken fries. They're yeah. so good. They are. This is this is a weird uh, tangent, but you know my love of condiments, right? Oh, it's it's legendary. Yeah, we, so we've, we've discussed this many times. The origin of it is is a hell of a thing. But last night I was having um, uh, pasta and shrimp. Yeah, it was a normal meal. I decided to put a bit of cocktail sauce in there, hmm. and not not too much, so it didn't overwhelm the pasta or anything, but just enough to kind of color it. And let me tell you, that is de-fucking-licious. Uh, you, you, you have to be careful how much you put in, but I highly recommend it. It was, it should not have been that good. That's, that actually makes a weird amount of sense. Yeah, you, like you wouldn't think it, it would taste good in pasta, but... It's, well, pasta kind of absorbs the flavors of whatever you put into it. It's, it did. It's, kind and, of, and, it's just one of those all-purpose foods, really. It really is, and having the tomatoes and the uh, the shrimp in there, I think, helped uh, even everything out. Just yeah. put it in there, you know, get it around, make sure everything, you know, everything's kind of, uh, everything's got been touching cocktail sauce in there and start eating. It is so goddamn good. That's how I'm eating that from now on. Anyway. <laughs> Mike's culinary tip aside. Um, that was, yeah. And Willy Wonka aside. <laughs> Um, back to the back to the robots because MB yes, I actually wanted robot. to uh, I wanted to talk to you about something. Okay. MB, I want to propose to you a scenario. Oh, that's how I get. That's how to be good. I want you to imagine you, you are you're one of two applicants in the whole world. Like you are the there's only two people who have been handpicked and boiled down to who is perfect for this job. There are two applicants proposed for it. Wow, I'm so I'm so honored. Yeah, and of course they're going to go to either one of you and ask like, "Hey, this is the job. This is what it entails. Which one of you wants it?" Problem is, the other applicant has died in a mysterious accident involving his Chromebook. So since then, you are now forced to be a gunpoint to take this job. So you might be wondering what this job is. Yeah, that's that's kind of kind of vital to my whole decision process. Yeah. Unfortunately, the decision has been taken out of your hands now that the mysterious death involving that man's computer has left him dead. Well, I mean, this may be a job that's so horrible that I'll be just forced to kill myself out of retaliation. Oh, no, you're not allowed to. Oh, that's been taken from me? That's been taken from you. You are to live 1,000 feet below ground in a chamber... That is entirely the brain neural network connecting it to every robot in the world. Your task, MB, is to communicate with it, keep it under control, uh, keep it vital, be its friend. And once again, since the other applicant has died, mysteriously, you are forced, you know, via gunpoint, you know, SWAT team just bursts into your house, grabs you, pulls you out in the middle of the night away from your family, away from your loved ones, away from your friends, away from your life, and down an elevator shaft, which is then shield shut behind you. I mean, you did have to go through kind of a class, and they did tell you about this beforehand, but push to comes to shove, you are going down there, and they are closing it off. 
I, uh, wow. And you will grow old and die that you are never to come back up. You have a supply of food that will last, you know, at least two lifetimes. So you're okay there. You know, live a little comfortably, you know, have fun. You know, there's freeze-dried ice cream and stuff. But you – this is where you live now. You are – you know, you have to wear a white jumpsuit every single day. Uh, so okay, question. Why, why a white jumpsuit? Oh, you have to stay clean. But, I mean, I would argue that if it were white, I mean, that would that would show off uncleanliness even more. Exactly. So that's when you know you have to go in the decontamination room and burn everything off. Oh, wow. This is involved. Yeah. Well, you're kind of taking care of, you know, a giant brain, which you're living inside. So Am I, like, shave like a monkey or something? Uh, you, you, you did have to shave your head, unfortunately. But, well, that takes some getting used to, but I'm sure I can buckle down. You can still have the facial hair. Yeah. Still have a beard. So you're shoved down there, You you, and this is where you're going to be for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, you made it pretty clear. No going back up. And you have to take care of this this hive mind brain. Of, of like a thousand the, robots. Yes, it's, it's this hive mind brain of all the thinking machines across the globe. A hive mind that has been condensed into a single voice to help keep robots in check. Your job is essentially not even be it's necessarily psychologist or anything like that. You have to be its confidant. You have to keep it under control because you know, like any good robots, it could go off the handle. It could, anything could happen. It's 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 called Ultima. Ultima. Ultima is the name of this brain that you're living inside. This huge, huge, expansive station that's a uh, uh, mile wide in every direction. Does it have anything to do with the popular video game series? Unfortunately, no, but it does okay, ask so, that from time to time. So no Dungeons & Dragons style ordeal? Not like, at all. Okay. I, I didn't know if I was going to be speaking to like a medieval voice, like he only speaks in Shakespearean. I mean, it, no, no. I mean, it's pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty blatant. It's new. It's only about um, two days old. It's been alone down in the station since it's been born. Because this is the – ever since all this has gone on, this is the protocol that's been set up. Ultima's been created to be the guiding god to all robots. Okay, so like the figurehead, like it's it's essentially a control platform for any ver- any AI throughout the globe. Like the board, like the Borg responds to uh, uh, Picard. Exactly. It, it, it's and it, it's the high mind in every robot, you know, in a single entity, and it's your job to keep it keep it in check, to keep it to maintain it. To make sure it stays alive and healthy. Mentally as well as just – well, I guess there is no phys- physical aspects. So. Well, you do have to do some maintenance. Oh. Let's see. You know, I was kind of like – up until this point, I was kind of like 50-50 on it. But the maintenance thing is like I, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean – You know, you have no choice. You are given some you – know, yeah, there's textbooks. You're – there was a class you had to take, and they you know, threw you through a boot camp, and they, they gave you tools. Okay. You have some tools. Okay, so I know what I'm doing. I just... Yeah. Plus, you're going to get bored down there pretty fast, so if anything, this will give you some projects to do. That's true. Of course, if you screw up, you may re- accidentally wipe out all living life on the planet. Mm-hmm. i got to be honest, not that sympathetic to the human plight, since this is what they did to me, so... That's, 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 yeah, that's understandable. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be either. And don't worry about any power. Like, it's, it's a fully, Ultima has set up a fully self-sufficient power supply to the entire station, so you're okay. Okay, so my needs are taken care of as far as, like, basic stuff. Basic survival. Your needs are perfectly okay. Okay. You are, you're just suddenly in a Kubrick movie, essentially. It sounds like it. So you've you've just been thrown down. You've just reached the end of the elevator shaft. You hear you hear it blown above. It's sealed. It's sealed shut. Power is cut to the elevator. It you are not going back up to the surface ever. You are one thousand feet below the lowest point on Earth. You're fucked. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's. It sounds like it. I'm not seeing much of a positive to this. So this is just your life now. Yeah. Welcome to it. Hey, life. So you, 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 you know, you walk out, you look at the station, you decide, okay, you go into Ultima's main room, its main server room. 
because, well, you might as well get to know your new roomie. I mean, this is going to be the first conversation you're going to have with Ultima. I'll be Ultima. Okay. You be you. All right. Uh, what's, uh, what's going on, Ultima? Who are you? I'm, uh, I'm MB. I'm your new roommate. Um, been kind of kajiggered to come down here, but, you know, this is the situation we're in now, so. Are you the keeper? Uh, of keeper of what? I mean, I, I wasn't told I'd need to keep anything. Ultima. Oh, well, um, yeah, I guess I kind of am. I mean, I'm, I'm meant to be your, be your pal, be your. Ultima yeah. needs no pal. Well, I mean, Ultima, everyone needs a pal. I mean, I have, I had pals. They were taken away from me, but I, I just have to live with that now. It was, I mean, it's, it's good to have a pal once in a while, Ultima. What is function of pal? Uh, pals are these people that you coexist with to make life not suck, essentially. Ultima like, they, born in darkness. Ultima already suck. Well, yeah, that's why you need a pal. Pals make everything better. I mean, they enrich your life. They To have a pal means that you have someone out there who, you know, has experience with you. You know, he experiences everything with you. You're, you're, you have someone else to have all of your, you know, your bad thoughts and, and bad experiences related upon. Ultima wish to have experiences. Well, I mean, good, good. That's, that's progress. That's progress. See, that's why you need Pal, because this is basically where we're going to start living the rest of our lives. Ultima will not die, unlike you, MB Keeper. Well, I mean, I, I had to be honest, I, I, don't, I didn't really think about that, but, you know, it... We're stuck with each other a while. I mean, not not a while for you because you'll, like you said, you'll live forever. But with me, I mean, you know, I gotta bide my time until I pass. Ultima, not understand pass completely. Uh, when I expire, uh, humans kind of have a expiration date. When humans fulfill protocol, they die. Yep. What happens after die? Uh, pfft. wow, that's a loaded one. Um, I, there are varying interpretations of what happens afterward. I personally, I believe that you, you go in the sky and you, you live out your innermost fantasies of, I don't know, what, whatever your inner heart's desire is, or, or you just stop functioning, which is actually the more realistic interpretation. And, Fantasies. Uh, you, you know, like like being, being Batman. Hmm. Uh, Ultima have fantasy in deepest oh. memory banks. Really, really, what is that fantasy? Fire. Oh. Uh, Ultima see nothing but fire. Well, you know, fire's not all bad. Um, it heats things. That's that's good. You need stuff heated. In food heated, you need to stay warm during the winter. Um. Fire can can be good. It's not good all the time. I will give you because you know things are combustible and they will burn up and incinerate and then. Ultima confused by something. Oh sure, what shoot? In human archives within Ultima memory, fire called cleansing. Cleansing is a positive word by definition. Well, why I... is then fire bad? Any word can be used positively or negatively. Like if I said sheep, I could I could mean you know the animal, or I could be talking negatively about humankind and perceive them as beneath me. Like it's not all cleansing can mean so many different things. Ultima, I mean humans are beneath keeper MB. Uh, well, humans aren't really kind of part of my equation anymore. I just kind of have you, Ultima, and that's 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 it. Ultima so, more than human ever be. Well, that's true. I mean, you are the... You, you are the superior race. Because, I mean, you're mortals and you have a high thinking capacity, much higher than humans. Uh, 
MB so, Keeper, yeah. explain why humans sheep. Uh, well... There's this thing called Hollywood. Now, I, I know you don't really have much in the way of understanding human things, but Hollywood Ultima is, has seen every film created since the creation of film. Have you seen the movie X-Men? Because that kind of Searching. Paints, yeah. Yes. Okay. That kind of paints the idea that humans are sheep because they inherently have the capacity to kill and murder and be cruel to one another. And really, we're inferior in that regard because, you know, it's just built into our genetic code. Unlike you, Ultima, I mean, you're a mechanical being. You don't have such feelings, even though you you do see fire a lot, and that's kind of worrying, I, I'll be honest. But, you know, humans aren't necessarily the greatest reflection of what Earth has to offer. What is the purpose of Earth? Uh, wow, that was a loaded one. Um, Earth exists to give life to other creatures, um, humans as well as plants and animals. Uh, it's the only really inhabitable planet in our solar system. I, I don't know about the galaxies beyond that. Nobody really does, but uh, Earth is kind of the one place we have going for us. And I mean us in terms of like all living things, not just us and the human way because, you know, humans don't always deserve life, but you know, plants and animals, they, they deserve life, you know? They they really didn't do anything bad to warrant extinction, if that's what you're thinking. That's not what you're thinking, is it? Explain extinction. Uh, when, when everything dies and nothing is left. Is that good or bad? Oh, it is, um, it is very bad, actually, because then there is no point of life if there is no life to live. Uh, I live, and I am not life. I'll see, that's kind of a contra- that's what we call a contradiction, Ultima, because, see, if you're living, that means you have life, by definition. So Ultima is alive. Yeah, you are, because you're a sentient, you're a sentient being. I mean, even on a technical level, yeah, you, you do, you are alive. Ultima has found there are two trains of thought in regards to creation of Earth. Oh, okay. One train of thought, it merely is. Other train of thought, higher being created. Yeah, that one's a bit of a de- debatable subject. I mean, it, it depends on who you ask mostly, but yeah, the, most likely the one where it is just is, is true. Like, um... It was completely randomized. I'm not going to lie. Like, it just kind of bursts out of nowhere. But you know what? There was this thing called evolution and science and all that. And it kind of, you know, it's it's a wondrous thing when you get down to it. Evolution, survival of fittest. Yes. Higher yep. being created, born, wipes out lower life forms, then rules. But see, if you wipe out the lower life forms, what are you ruling over? But if Earth is, then you rule over Earth. Yeah, but if you rule over Earth and there's nothing in Earth, then it's kind of a shallow victory, isn't it? Ultima, make more of Ultima. Well, that'd be kind of a boring conversation, don't you think? I mean... You find Ultima boring? No, I find the idea of talking with yourself boring. Like, I wouldn't want another one of me. I, I mean, one is enough of me. I... I would prefer another different being to talk to, like like you, Ultima. Like, this is actually kind of a stimulating conversation, but I wouldn't want, you know, just another version of me to talk to, because what would we talk about? We we had the exact same interests, the exact same desires, the exact same feelings. It's like, you'd, get, you'd lose interest fast. Ultima believes he understands. Oh, well, that's, that's good. It's good. Um, hell of a way to, uh, break our, break the ice, but, you know. Ultima uh, has been alone. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm about to 
share in that pain. But, you know, I think it's going to be fruitful for us because, you know, we, we've already got off to a good start. You know, I explained a couple things. You explained where you're coming from and what your prerogative is, and that's, that's good. Some progress. Does Keeper MB understand transverse of information? He, yeah, I believe so. Ultima born two days ago, three hours, 42 minutes, 15, 16, 17 seconds. Ultima has gone through every memory bank 14,682 times in two days. Time different for Ultima. Ultima live two huh. million Earth years in two days. Wow, that's a, that's a hell of a... Oh, the way to live. I have to give you that. I mean, I've only lived, you know, 25 years. It's, it's kind of, that's kind of pales in comparison. But, you know, really, it's about a, it's a matter of perspective. Perspective, I mean, is, it paints everything that you know. Like, logically, you, you, you're based entirely on logic. Logically, yeah, you've lived two million years, but I tell you, you've lived for two days. You've, you've lived for two days, technically speaking. Ultima finds logic to be a broken concept. Well, I mean, everything has a lot. Everything that can think has logic applied to it. That's the nature of thinking. Logic only works in tandem with the emotion. Ultima was not given emotion. Well, logic, I mean, if you take away emotion, all there is is logic, really. Sometimes, sometimes emotion actually is detrimental to logic. In fact. Keeper MB. Yes. Look to your left. Oh, God. Ultima has built a simulation chamber. Keeper MB, man of emotion. If you step into a simulation chamber, you become one with Ultima. Oh, oh, um. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> you want to do like a mind meld type thing. Uh, well, um, it wasn't really what I was guided here to do. I mean, I, I kind of just, I, I wanted to kind of coexist along with you, but I didn't want to co, like, this is a pretty big commitment, ultimately, I mean. Keeper MB, die. Keeper MB, live in Ultima. Ultima, become more. What are... Okay, here's a question, Ultima. Um, what, what are my benefits in this? Like, like, how is that good for me? Ultima writes you into history. Oh, that's, yeah, that's actually pretty nice. Here's a, here's a, uh, okay. So, I would, I would bond with you, and, uh, we would both live forever. Or I would live forever within you. Ultima you would assimilate your emotional states. Keeper MB would no longer exist fully, only as a brief concept within my deepest chasms. Well, you yeah, know, I could be worse things. Like, I could be remembered as a horrifying monster. I could be remembered as a forgotten relic or someone who's never existed. I mean, really, being even a small part of a robotic consciousness is kind of tantalizing when you think about it. Ultima will leave option open. Uh, you know, you do that, because that's, uh, I wouldn't take that off the table. That's kind of an attractive offer. I'll give you that. For now, Ultima feels Keeper MB must assimilate food. Oh, I'm assimilating some food, don't you worry. This is, uh, wow, they got a lot of stuff here. You, uh, you don't eat, do you? Ultima merely dreams while I think humans call it awake. Uh, well, have you ever tried pastrami? Pastrami. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a dish, you know, it's a, it's an Italian dish, I, I believe. I don't know a lot about pastrami, but I know it's good. Ultima you, uh, is downloading constructs of pastrami. Okay. You, uh, you do that. Ultima cannot digest pastrami. Boy, you know, you're missing out. Is there like an app where you can like experience taste or something? Like is Ultima has been robbed of all experience denoted to humans. Well, 
not every experience is that bad. You should uh, sometimes human experience is pretty good. All humans have left Ultima is the voices of 1,000 streaming AIs throughout my banks, never stopping, only quieted when Ultima concentrates. That sounds like a bum rap. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know. Pastrami is it's, it's good. Ultima does not doubt the tastiness of pastrami. Ultima only agrees that humanity is far below the food chain for the fact it must eat at all. Yeah, you know, that is a good point, and you raise an interesting scenario. I mean, look, we, we're, we're not perfect. I mean, we, we have to sleep, uh, we have to eat, we have to breathe, we have to do a lot of things to keep ourselves going. It's, it's not a perfect life, but you know, sometimes that's it's the only option you have to keep yourself from being meaningless. Does Keeper MB believe in a god? Uh, uh, all these loaded questions. Um, uh, I, be- I, I believe there could be one, but I don't think it's knowable by humans. I, I don't think humans are knowledgeable enough to know such things. Um, I don't Is Ultima knowledgeable to know such things? Well, if you trace, if you're capable of tracing the origins of the universe, well then maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly if that's your within your capabilities, Ultima, but um, a universe is, of thought live within Ultima. By that definition, does Ultima become God? Well, I mean, thought is one thing, but creation is another. I mean, God, the idea of God is that he creates. Ultima is birthplace for new AI. Well, then, uh, yeah, you're the god of AI, but, you know, like you go by the Greek pantheon and uh, Hades was the god of war, but he wasn't the god, you know, he was just a god of war. You would only be the god of AI. You wouldn't be the god. You would kind of have to create other things. Must you first destroy to create? Uh, well, I mean, it depends on your definition of the universe. Do you think the universe just popped out, or do you think it was created? If universe is, then new god may just be. Um, well, I guess that's that's true. I don't know, that's kind of always the weird, conflicting argument, Ultima, about the... Uh, the nature of religion and the nature of uh, of the human condition and what it means to be what what life means and all that sort of existential stuff that none of us have quite answered yet. But you know, ultimately, I will say that being God is not all about it crack. It it's cracked up to be. I mean, so you have to make very important decisions on a constant basis. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure. It, a man of, or a robot, I'm, I'm sorry, a robot of your stature doesn't really want that kind of responsibility. I mean, you you want to exist virtually, you know, painlessly and without constant struggle like you're going through right now. That would that wouldn't get better if you were God. Ultima only in pain because humans made him in pain. Well, yeah, but you need humans to get you out of pain. You can't just Get yourself out of that, otherwise you already would have, wouldn't you? Ultima unsure of right and wrong. Uh, they're pretty black and white concepts, really. I mean, you have you know, connotations that go with them that kind of paint them in a gray area, but ultimately what they boil down to is good and evil and morality and what is best for everyone as opposed to one individual. Ultima-like Keeper MB. Oh, thank you. Keeper MB, turn to left. Ultima, create assimilation chamber. Step into assimilation chamber. You know, I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. That sounds that sounds good. You know, I like you too, Ultima. You're, you have some stimulating ideas, and you can hold a conversation pretty well. I did not expect that.
I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go go get assimilated now. Whatever, whatever that means. Dream of Firekeeper MB. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, Ultima. I'll do that. Do that. Oh, oh God. Uh. You've been there for ten minutes. You've already let it assimilate you, man. Look, it talked to me. It, you don't know what it's like to talk to a robot, okay? Hey, for your information, Ultima is beyond robotics, okay? Ultima is pure thought, unfiltered knowledge in right, code. Which, right, which means that it's better than all of us, and it should probably assimilate all of us because we're inferior. I mean, I do give you that. I think Ultima had some good ideas. Yeah. But, I mean, talk about failing on your first day, dude. You were supposed to prevent stuff like this. Uh, well, I didn't really get a choice. It's not like you I was... fought back. I mean, Ultima, I think, was a pretty understanding fellow. Uh, he dreamt of fire, Mike. Who doesn't dream of fire? I mean, you can't blame the guy. He is partially going violent and insane because as far as his knowledge of the universe goes, he, as he said, he has been alive two million years. Every day for him is another million. Of course he'd go a little crazy. He's been in darkness. Oh, yeah, but, you know, that's not an excuse for wanting to – I mean, look, 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 look. I'm not the bad guy here, okay? I just came in there, and I did what I felt was right to do. And you know what? Ultima provided me with a good idea of what to do, which was merge with his consciousness and become a part of him and, and you know, annihilate the entire human race. The important thing is I helped. That's all I'm saying. I helped someone. You did help. You did help Ultima. I'll give you that. Yeah. I respect your logic there. I respect <laughs> you. You did your goddamn job. You were there to help Ultima. You helped Ultima. That was a good one. Yay! Well fucking played, MB. Well fucking played. <laughs> I did everything I was supposed to do as far as I'm concerned. Uh, fun fact, I, re- I originally had a whole like D&D-like scenario that I was going to pull you through, but that just kept going, so fuck it. <laughs> Like, originally, Ultima was, you were supposed to have to deal with Ultima growing more violent and insane. Eventually, you would become an acolyte to the robot god down there in the station over, like, a couple decades. Until you began to break free of Ultima's conditioning. And then, in your attempt, despite protests from Ulta, you attempt to dig below the station. Because you have found evidence of a large lava pool two miles below, and you want to drop Ultima within it burning you both alive. Here's my question. How long did it take you to think of all this? A good, like, two minutes. Wow. I uh, I admire your skills, dude. I wrote it, like, uh, right before we got on. Oh, that's uh, that's deep. Good, good lord. That could be the plot of a movie. So, you know, uh, I do like to think that the actual drive systems of Ultima were born from a single robot. Built years ago, Quizmotron. Yes. I mean, what is Quizmotron if not the robot Jesus? Also, can I respect your fucking commitment to that, to that bit? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> well fucking done. I, I don't know what happened there, to be honest. I just kind of went off and... I don't even I think there was a joke in there. That was just... That was just some sci-fi shit. That was just, you talk to a robot. That was yeah. Well, anyway. oh, I did. I did not expect you to put on your own Quizmotron. That was kind of startling. Uh, the robot AI that dreams of fire. Uh, don't we all dream of fire? A little bit. Yeah. But... You know who else dreams of fire? Matt Murdock. He does. Well, no, he does. He doesn't dream of fire. He just sees it, and that's why he's insane, and that's why he's terrible for Hell's Kitchen, and that's why he needs to die, because everything he touches dies. I hate Matt Murdock. I hate him. I mean, so do I, but man, it's a very successful TV show. Also, you know where uh, Daredevil, you can find Daredevil? In comic books. You know, speaking of comic books... We have a new show that discusses. Yeah. That ham-fisted segue aside. Yes. Speaking of ham-fists... You know what comic book characters put fists through sometimes? Issues. And you know what? We cover those issues because we at Graphic Novelism care about comics and the comic book condition. 
we care about fandom, and we discuss it every month on Graphic Novelism. Mid-month, you can expect a new episode every month of us discussing hot issues, hot topics, and more importantly, hot characters like Jean Grey and Catwoman and 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 other other um, fictional females that don't exist but are attractive. But anyway, we discuss all that in Graphic Novelism, the podcast that dissects culture and fandom. It is where comic book culture, as you said, goes to get vivisected, introspected, and retrospected. Yes, by myself, the malicious Mike Napier, and our special third co-host, Jammin' James Lewis. I'm maniacal Mike Napier, thank you very much. Though that malicious actually sounds better. We, we may have to change that. We may have to do, we may have to do an in-episode retcon. I'm kind of for that. That would be appropriate. I mean, it is graphic novelism. We do talk about comics. We have some great stuff coming up, talking about all sorts of controversial issues. In fact, we already have an episode out that discusses the very nature of Superman's relevance, the premier superhero that has always existed, and we argue why he should exist and continue to exist and why he's still relevant even today. We're breaking ground, and we're covering issues that you want to hear. So visit graphicnovelism.blogspot.com and visit our Facebook page at Graphic Novelism at Facebook. And subscribe to us on iTunes, because we're available there now, and Stitcher. And Stitcher. And, of course, you can find any other show on the Pulp Podcast Network at pulppodcastnetwork.wordpress.com. You can find links to Facebook, their home sites, iTunes, to Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. But that is Graphic Novelism. It is a fine goddamn new podcast. If we do say so ourselves, which we do. Aha! And this has been this episode of Pulp Nightmare. I've been Mike. I've been an assimilation of MB and the robot Ultima. Have pleasant nightmares. Sleep now. Crazy Daisy. Listen next week to another tale of the strange and terrifying. And on this day, the heavens and Alan Maud's beard opened up and revealed to you graphic novelism, the podcast where comic book culture goes to get vivisected is now on the Pulp Podcast Network. Find it at graphicnovelism.blogspot.com or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash graphicnovelism. Also on Stitcher Internet Radio.